coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should go to the phones right now and give us a call with your home improvement question. Your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. It's as easy as that. Before you pick up the tools or before you throw the project down in utter frustration because it's just <laughs> not going well. Well, pick up the phone and call us. Take a step back and we'll use your phone. We'll tell you to throw it down. <laughs> and start again. Aww. 888-666-3974. And, you know, here on the Money Pit, Leslie, we love to celebrate holidays, right? Yes. We're always good for a holiday celebration. I love holidays. But this week, we're going to break new ground. We're going to celebrate That Sucks Day, <laughs> which falls... Real? About this time every year, and not so coincidentally, at the very same time your tax returns are due. Uh, which does suck. So in celebration, we'll make sure that one appliance in your house that is supposed to suck, of course we're talking about the vacuum, oh, actually okay. does <laughs> just that. We're going to have some troubleshooting tips to make sure your vacuum sucks up dirt and crumbs exactly the way it's supposed to be. All right. And also ahead this hour, it also really sucks when you're taking a shower and all of a sudden you're hit with what's commonly known as shower shock. You know, the water turns icy cold or super scalding hot in just a few seconds. Usually followed by a scream. Yes, usually. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, preceded by a toilet flush and a laughing child. But right. if you've got everything squared away, you'll be all right. You know, the problem is your shower valve, and that's what's causing this problem. So we're going to have the step-by-step solution to help you stay safe in your shower. <laughs> Plus, just ahead, we've got some easy window screen cleaning tips to keep your windows and screens in tip-top shape. And this hour, we're giving away a great prize. We've got a $50 Lowe's gift card, courtesy of our friends at Thermatru up so for grabs. let's get to it. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Jessica in Texas is on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you today? Hi. I wanted to find out. We were going to install wood flooring, and I'm debating between the laminate and regular wood. And also, we have three kids, and so I want to know which one's easier to clean and take care of. Yeah, that's that, and that's the killer right there. You know, if you've got kids, if you've got pets, and you're going to have that kind of activity, you're going to have the need to have a floor that is as easy Super as possible. Super durable. Very durable, yes, and as easy as possible to care for. So with that in mind... Um, we would tell you that laminate flooring is probably a little easier to maintain than wood flooring. But even having said that, if you are going to go with wood flooring, Jessica, you want to get one that has the best warranty possible because the finishes, I mean, there are finishes right now that could last 50 years. I mean, I know Lumber Liquidators has got a, uh, was it, Bella? Bella Wood. Bella Wood, yeah. Line that has a 50 year warranty on it. You've got to get something that's got like a really good warranty. Like almost like a commercial finish on it as well. Well, exactly, because that's what's going to stand up to that kind of traffic. The care is totally different. You know, for wood floors, you don't use very much moisture at all with them when you care for them. Like Um, a damp, really. Yeah, very damp damp, mop. Or not, I mean, I should say just a very slightly damp mop. Laminate flooring, you can be a little more aggressive with. You know, we have uh, three kids that we brought up on our laminate floor, and, and I got to tell you, it was the right choice for us. But of course, it's never going to look exactly like wood. It can right. do pretty well, but it's not going to look exactly like it. Okay. Which one's easier to install by yourself? Is laminate and lamin- pretty- laminate and uh, engineered hardwood, which is similar to solid hardwood, except it's made up in layers. Uh, both of those are floating installations mm-hmm. where the uh, tiles or the floor 
pieces sort of click together. Yeah, they like snap together and then lock down. Right. They don't oh, get glued okay. down. They float. And then you use molding around the outside of the room to, to trim up that uh, last space. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your guys' time. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Greg and I, well, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? Well, I got uh, some squirrels that got up in my eve. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a hole, and they crawled up inside of there. Now they're up inside of the roof. I don't know if there's an easy way to get them out of my roof and then cover up that hole, or if I have to call somebody to get them out of my roof, I guess. I don't know. Well, Greg, do you have access to the area of the attic or the area of your roof line, I guess, where they're sort of hanging out? Yeah, I do. Um, there's an actual trap door that goes up there. Okay. But they're not getting into your house. They're staying up there, correct? They're staying up there. Yeah, no, they're Good. not in the For house. Now. But For now. they make quite a bit of noise, and my dog kind of tends to have a good time when they start doing that. So <laughs> wakes me up in the middle of the night with the barking and stuff because you can hear them up in the roof. So. What about a have a heart trap? Have you tried one of those? What's that? A have a heart trap? I have not. It's a very humane way of sort of containing the squirrels, if you will. And it's, you know, an in one way, can't get out the other way type of trap. And you really have to be careful with the type of bait that you choose to use because these squirrels are sneaky little guys. And they will get in there and take, you know, whether you put like an apple or something with peanut butter, something that they're going to want to eat. You have to make sure that you wire this piece of fruit down into the cage because they have been known to like sneak in there, grab the fruit and get the heck out before it has a chance to lock them in. So if you can sort of wire the piece of fruit that you're using to tempt them in down, they'll come in, they'll hang out, they'll have a snack, the trap door will close, then Brave You climbs up into the attic and takes your have a heart trap and drives them to the park somewhere far away and sets them free and runs. Well, I'll try that. I just didn't want to in that order, right? To do it and yeah. spend a lot of money, but... I'll look into that. That sounds like a good idea. So. And then, right, you Greg. know, once you get them out, you can seal up that hole. Yep. Thank you. All right, Greg, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, with the holidays just a few days away, let us help you get your house in tip-top shape for the spring holiday season. We're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, it definitely sucks when your vacuum cleaner doesn't suck, but it's not hard to figure <laughs> out what the problem is so it can be repaired. We're going to have some easy vacuum cleaner troubleshooting tips next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide four times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should pick up the phone and give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit because one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a $50 Lowe's gift card courtesy of our friends at Thermatrue. They're supplying this gift card so that you could use it towards the purchase of a benchmark by Thermatrue Door, which is sold exclusively at Lowe's. It's made of fiberglass, which looks like wood, but insulates up to four times better. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. 
All right, pick up the phone. We would love to help you with whatever you are working on at your house. And perhaps you're getting really into the spirit of the spring season by just cleaning your house up a storm. But maybe when you're getting to the cleaning process, you're finding out that your vacuum cleaner is kind of acting up. So before you take it to the repair shop, or worse, just give up and buy a new one, take a few minutes and try to pinpoint the problem. Now, the fix, it actually could be easier than you think. So start with the suction. Is the suction poor? Is it just not happening? If that's your issue, there could be a clog in the hose or the bag or the filter, or maybe the canister is full, or maybe something in that canister needs to be replaced or just simply emptying out that canister. Now, if you're hearing like a funny noise or a weird vibration, first try to find out exactly where that noise is coming from. If it sounds like it's coming from the motor area, it could simply be a broken fan blade. If the noise is coming from the brush area, then it may be a defective brush roller bearing or the brush roller itself. If either is defective, that needs to be replaced. Now, if your vacuum cleaner is hard to push, it might have a broken or a worn belt, or it could have come off the motor spindle. If your vacuum has a burning rubber smell, that might also be coming from the belt. You want to check the brush roller for obstructions and clear away any hair or carpet fibers because it makes the brush hard to turn, and that causes some friction with that actual rubber belt. If the brush roller does spin freely with the belt removed, you can reinstall the belt and test it for proper operation. And if you find that you need to replace your vacuum cleaner's belt, do yourself a favor, buy two and tape the extra one to the vacuum handle so it's always there and handy the next time your belt breaks. They're cheap and they're worth having an extra always on hand. For more troubleshooting tips just like that, head on over to moneypit.com and search on vacuums. Marty in Nebraska is on the line with the fencing question. How can we help you with your project? Hello, Leslie. Hi, Tom. Hi. I have a question, actually two questions about our wooden fence. We have a four-year-old six-foot wooden fence that we want to either stain or paint this summer. My first question is, do we need to put a primer on that fence? And my second question is, would it be better to stain it or paint it? And if we paint it, what type of paint? Hmm. And there's nothing on it currently? No. No. So what I would do is I would wire brush it to make sure you get off any of the dead wood fibers. Uh, Okay. you know, if you use an oil-based solid color stain... It'll give you the it, kind of look of paint. Yeah, if you prime it, it will last longer, but it's a it's a lot of work for a fence to do priming. But certainly it will last longer. You need to use an oil primer underneath it. I did my last fence uh, without a primer, but I did use a really good quality oil-based stain with lots and lots of uh, solid color, so lots and lots of pigment in it. And I got to tell you, this wood fence is about ready to be replaced now, but it's been probably 15 or 16 really? years since I put it in there. It's lasted oh an goodness, amazing... Oh my goodness, that long? Yeah, and you know why? For two reasons. First of all, because they did a really good job finishing it, and secondly, most of the fence installers put fences in that are too close to the ground. I made sure, I like stood over the installer's shoulder and said, I want this thing to be about three inches off the ground so that the boards don't come in contact with the with, floor at all. With the dirt at all or with the grass during normal growth, because when it gets wet on the bottom edge of the boards that's what starts the rot kind of riding right up the board okay so that that didn't happen when ours was installed it is touching it is the ground flush with the ground all right so but you can okay. undercut it you can undercut it so take um take a board like a two by four lay it on the ground so then draw a line like three inches you off can the even ground. snap a chalk line from one end to the other yeah and cut that uh, those boards so you have a little bit of airspace underneath do that. you have a circular saw oh. yes 
Because that's great. If you snap a chalk line right across the entire length of the fence, you know, at the desired height, you just plunge cut your first plank off and zip right across. Just watch your posts. Make yeah, you sure. know why the fence installers put it in that way. So you'll need a new one. It's job security. <clears throat> oh, oh, okay. So wire brush it, then use um, Solid after, color. after it's undercut, you know, yeah. um, wire brush it and then use a really good oil-based stain. Solid color stain. Solid color. Solid color, right. right. As opposed to semi-transparent. All right. Thank you so You're much. You're very welcome, Marty. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Ed in Indiana on the line who's got a water heating question. How can we help you with that project? Hi. Thanks for having me on. Um, well, what I'm looking at right now is, you know, I'm trying to make my home more energy efficient. And I'm looking at the, uh, you know, GE come out with a GeoSpring hybrid hot water heater, which mm-hmm. basically runs like a hot, like a heat pump. It's a heat pump water heater, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you figure the dollars that it costs, it's about $1,600. And the savings per year could be up to about $320. They're saying about 62% more energy efficient. looks like about a five-year payback. But, you know, this is a new product on on the market, and I'd just kind of like to have your thoughts on it. So the technology has been out for probably about two years now. We're starting to see the heat pump water heaters be released by multiple manufacturers, including GE. GE makes a great appliance. The other thing to figure in uh, to this is that there is a tax credit uh, that's available. Now, it's not as big as it was last year, but it's still decent. It's a $300 federal tax credit if you buy and install it in uh, in 2011. So the technology is solid. And you know, this is for folks, though, that right now have electric water heaters. So you're not comparing this against gas. You had electric originally. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I'm totally electric. Okay. So you're totally electric. You're, you know, basically heating your water the most expensive way possible. Uh, and now you want to try to save some money with it. Heat pump water heaters are definitely the way to go with that. Yeah, it looks like about a five-year payback uh, period. You know, if, if it is true, you'll save about 320 a year. So. Right, and you got to use them correctly. You know, they're very sophisticated, though, with their control systems. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I know water heating your water is probably the most uh, costly thing that you can do in your home. But we Yeah, it, cer- it certainly can be expensive, um, but these water heaters... Um, are are very, very good at what they do. You know, they, they employ basically two technologies. They have the heat pump, which does most of the water heating most of the time, but under periods of high demand, they still have the electric resistance heat built into it. So you're not going to run out of water because you're heating it with a heat pump. All right. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You know, GE is so savvy. And when we were at the um, Builder Show, Tom, I don't know if you remember this, but at their booth, they were presenting this very new technology that sort of allows all of the appliances in the home to speak to one another and then to speak to the power company as well to give you, you know, the tools that you might need to decide, all right, if I do my laundry right now, it's going to cost... Yeah, smart metering. Smart metering. I mean, it's really fantastic. So, you know, they're hopeful that you can monitor your entire home and really make smart choices to use your energy appropriately, efficiently, and affordably. Absolutely. And like I said, the technology is solid, so I wouldn't be concerned about it. And it's going to be a heck of a lot less expensive way to heat your water. All right. Now we've got Leslie calling in, and it's not me. And Leslie has a question about window condensation. Welcome. 
Hello. Yes, my question is, um, how can I reduce or eliminate condensation that forms on the inside of my windows? The home was built in the 50s, and so the windows are stationary. They're not intended to be opened or closed. Right. Yeah, and obviously you have very inefficient windows. You probably do not have insulated glass, correct? Probably. Yeah. Well, you're you're fighting uh, physics right here, Leslie. What's happening is you have warm, moist air that forms in the house from everything that we do inside a house, from cooking to bathing to breathing, and that strikes the cold glass, which is not insulated, and condenses. So while you can take steps to reduce the, the amount of moisture inside your house with dehumidifiers and things of that nature, you are almost always, most certainly, going to have some level of condensation unless you replace your windows. Now, if you are thinking of replacing windows, I will say that doing so before the end of this year is wise because you can qualify for a $1,500 tax credit, and that will help offset some of the expense. Right. So, um, also, the wood around it is really weak. Yeah, well, it's water damage. Sure. Yeah, it's subjected to all that water. You know, you only need 20, raise the water, uh, the moisture in, inside the wood 20 to 25% before the decay organisms wake up. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me in the least. Lovely. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. So, replacing the windows then. Is, uh, is a wise thing to do. I'll tell you what, on our website at moneypit.com, there is a, a free download of a chapter from our book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure, that has everything you need to know about choosing replacement windows. It's got all the latest information in it, too, about the tax credit program. So go to our website, moneypit.com. I believe it's on the home page. It's one of the rotating panels there. And you can download that free chapter, and that'll get you started. All right. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Still to come this hour, you know, this month we celebrate That Sucks Day. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just so meaningful for so many reasons, especially <laughs> this month of the year. So still to come, we're going to help you find out what is causing that shocking shower. You know, when your nice warm shower suddenly turns freezing cold or scalding hot, we're going to keep you out of shower danger zone after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the talent. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you can listen to the Money Pit on the go with the Money Pit iPhone app. You can get the full show, full show archives. You can ask a question on the community in the forum, or you can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. It's all free online at moneypit.com. Mildred in California is on the line with an air conditioning question. What can we do for you? Yes, I'm in uh, Sonora, California, and in the summertime, we usually have three to six weeks that maybe it gets up to 110, maybe 112, I mean, really hot. Okay. Uh, whenever my, I've got a roof, central heat, and air conditioning unit, so whenever the air conditioner kicks on, it's 
like hot air comes out first and it even smells almost like the furnace is on until it gets that hot air out of the vents, I guess. But they tell me I've got plenty of insulation. It's a tight little house. I've got the screens on the window to keep the sun out and everything to keep my energy bill down and everything. But that first gush of hot air, can, can can you get rid of that? No, not unless you move. <laughs> you know, your 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 uh, forced air system is going to have stale air that's going to be in it, and it's going to get really, really hot. And when you first turn on the system, it's going to blow all it's that out of there. It somehow. And it'll take a couple of uh, cycles for that to do that. So what you're describing is totally normal, uh, and it lasts for a very short period of time. And it's something that uh, you really kind of have to live with. Okay, I wondered if maybe there was like something where you could put insulation around the the. No, because you, it's not. There, there's nothing to cool the air. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh well, I, it just really shocked me. I, I guess I've never lived any place that it got this hot at one right. time. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we have put your mind at ease. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, it's probably happened to you at least once or twice. You know, you're standing in your shower and you're having a great time. The water's hot. You're feeling good. And then all of a sudden, it's like, ah, zoiks. The water turns either freezing cold or super duper hot. And that's an experience that can knock anyone off balance. The solution, however, is to install a pressure balanced valve. With us to talk about that is Richard Trithui, the plumbing expert for TV's This Old House. Hi, Richard. Hey, guys. Nice to be back in the money pit. And this is a situation also called shower shock (laughs) for a very good reason. Can you tell us exactly why it happened? So at least when we do get zapped the next time we're in a shower, we'll, we underst- know the reason. we'll understand it. <laughs> well, you've got a hot pipe and a cold pipe that come up to your shower area. And they should have the exact same pressure because the pressure coming in from the street should make it consistent. So let's say that's 40 pounds on each side. If you now flush a toilet and all of a sudden the pressure drops on the cold water side while you're taking a shower, then the hot water side has higher pressure, thereby more heated water goes through the shower head and it gets scalded. So it's really a matter of volume. If you spill off some of the cold water to That's right. flush the toilet or run yep. the dishwasher, yep. all of a sudden there is that imbalance. Yeah, it's volume, but it's really pressure. Okay. You know, you, some volume of water goes when you flush the toilet, but it is the, all of a sudden there's a pressure imbalance and the hot water pressure wins. So it's like the tortoise and the hare. Suddenly yeah. the yeah. hare takes off <laughs> and right. it's gone. And it is a common problem. And I, you know, we, we've been in love with this basic single lever pressure balance shower valve for years. It was... Uh, uh, is one of the great innovations in plumbing because it can eliminate this completely. So how exactly does that work then? Well, imagine it has a piston. We did a great uh, cutaway explanation of this on Assisle House in the studio. And so now there's a little piston inside this shower valve that when it feels the cold water pressure drop, it slides the piston in the opposing direction. It's very counterintuitive. And it makes the pressure on the hot water side go lower to match whatever mm-hmm. the cold water is. So it's constantly going to slide that piston back and forth to make sure that the pressures at both hot and cold, regardless of what happened in the house, stay the same. What a joy to now, be in a shower and not have to worry about that skull. Are you going to notice a drop in the pressure of the shower water itself just because it's balanced? Slightly. It? it really depends on how much the pressure is dropped, meaning if the plumbing system is properly sized, you won't see any real noticeable mm-hmm. change. If it's undersized, you'll see a drop. But if it's sized properly, you'll see no appreciable change in pressure. Mm-hmm. Now, the pressure balance valve, this is something that's installed behind your shower wall. So, 
and I imagine that every house is pretty much getting one of these, but what happens if you're one of the unlucky few and you don't have one? How do you sort of correct this without tearing down a wall? They have the most ingenious repair kit, a replacement kit. Now, the, the 1930s, 40s, and 50s bathroom, maybe not the 50s, but it would have had the three handles, the hot, the cold, and then the middle one to determine whether or the not mix. the Yes, right. that it went up to the shower head or down to the tub spout. Now, with this, you can mount a template. You can remove that valve, chip mm-hmm. away the tile, and there's this cover plate that can cover exactly where those three handles were and allow you to retrofit this single lever pressure oh, wow. balance valve. It's, we've done it on the show a couple of times, and it's really a great solution for people. I, it's amazing people live with this level of fear. They spend their whole life. The right. Don't do yeah. it. <laughs> it's, the, it's the source of all this domestic stress. That's right. And it doesn't have to be. Don't because run the dishwasher while I'm up there. <laughs> Divorces have been closer <laughs> or less. Well, we do marriage counseling, too. All right. <laughs> He's a very, very flexible guy. Lots of skills, including teaching us how to avoid the dreaded shower shock. Richard Trithui from This Old House. Thanks for stopping by the Money Pit once again. Glad to be here. And actually, on thisoldhouse.com, there is a very, very good article called Stop the Shock that walks us through some of these very same tips. All right. Now, remember, you can watch Richard and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and Ask This Old House on your local PBS station. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you by Stanley. Stanley, make something great. Still ahead, we've got tips on how to clean the grime off your window screens so you can really let those warm weather breezes come straight through. You live in a body pit. Good Homes Better. Welcome back to the Money Bit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We would love to help you with all of your spring home improvements. All you have to do is dial 888-MONEYPIT. Now, when you get us on the phone and you ask your question on the air, one of you will win a $50 Lowe's gift card courtesy of our friends at Thermatrue and a great spring project that's really going to spruce up how your entire house looks with really one simple project is replacing your wood front entry door with a fiberglass door. Fiberglass doors, they look just like wood. I mean, they really do, but they insulate up to four times better. And the Benchmark Collection by Thermatrue is sold exclusively at Lowe's, so one lucky caller that we talked to on the air is going to win that $50 Lowe's gift card, courtesy of our friends at Thermatrue. So give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Well, now that it's getting warm outside, you might be ready to throw open the windows to let some of that springtime air sail through. Before you do that, you want to make sure to carefully clean your screens. Here's what to do. First, you want to start by removing the screens from the frame and placing them on a flat surface like the driveway or even your lawn. Then use a soft bristle brush with mild soap and water to scrub away the dirt and the grime and make sure you clean both sides of the screen before you rinse it. Yeah, and you want to remember never to pressure wash your screens because the force of your pressure washer, which we all know, once you get one in your hands, you just really want to get aggressive with it. So if you happen to use your pressure washer while cleaning your screens, you could actually damage them. Now, most importantly, you want to remember that window screens are really just meant to keep insects out of your house and help you to provide ventilation. They're not meant to support the weight of a pet or a child. So please keep your furniture away from your windows and teach your kids not to push on the screens. If you want some more information on window screens and windows, visit our friends at simonton.com. Or pick up the phone and call us right now. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. 
Terry in Arkansas is on the line with the tiling question. What are you working on? It's a bathroom floor and a, a walk-in shower. Okay. And I was just wondering on my uh, tile on the floor, should I be leaving a quarter-inch gap all the way around next to the wall? Between the f- first tile and the wall where you're going to have your wall tile sort of sit on top of? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I would try. I feel like a quarter inch doesn't seem like a lot, but once you deal with grout at those joinery points, they lack the flexibility to sort of stand up to the normal wear and tear and movement. So, you know, after you get cranking in the shower, you know, maybe give it a year and that grout's going to start to crack out. Whereas, you know, caulk sort of sealing these two areas, you know, really getting as close as you can with the tile to that corner area or that wall surface, that caulk will sort of seal everything together and move with it. Um, I have a contractor friend who likes to mix grout with silicone caulk. I haven't seen the results. He raves about his work. I'm not sure if it really works, but he does talk about it. Tom, what do you think? Does that work? I don't like the idea of mixing it together. Right, I mean, it these... seemed like the composition was off. <laughs> right, exactly. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, so if I were you, I'd just get as close as you can to that wall surface and then just caulk the edge so that it'll move with it. Okay, and my other question was, uh, um, would you guys uh, recommend thin set or a type of mastic on the shower walls? Well, I would use a tile mastic. Because the, okay. the thin set is more of a leveling bed sometimes. And I, I would use the tile mastic on the shower walls. This way you'll get good adhesion. And make sure you use a glue trowel on it because it really requires the glue to stand up a little bit to be able to grab the edge of the tile. Marion Delaware needs some help with a painting project. What can we do for you? Love your show. Wouldn't miss it. Okay, Thanks. thank you. I have oh the brick wall down in the basement. Mm-hmm. Concrete block walls. Yes. And I'd like to repaint them but I'd like to have them scrubbed down first. Why do you want to scrub them down? Are you a very well, tidy some person? black marks on them. <laughs> They're black marks? Is is it because somebody was drawing on it, or is it? are you concerned about uh, no, any... I don't, no, I, I don't do that kind of thing anymore. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I don't think you have to scrub down walls. If you have any moisture that's gotten through the walls, it could have left, left some mineral deposits on it. I think but, that's what it is. Okay, well, you can just brush that off. That's not a problem. Uh, if you want to rinse it with anything, you can use a little bit of a vinegar and water solution. That'll also make it come off. Oh, okay. And once it's really, really dry... Um, then you can use an epoxy paint on those walls or damp-proofing paint oh, on those walls. Oh, how about dry lock? Yeah, that's that's the same sort of same thing. It's a damp-proofing paint. Okay. And, and that's fine. Uh, very high odor, so make sure you ventilate the space very, very well. And what you want to do is get a fan, like a like a, a, a room fan, and see if you can stick it in front of the window so you're always pumping, pulling some air out of it, sort of depressurize the space. So you have a draft sort of going through the whole basement while you work. That will make it a lot more pleasant. If you have the fan sort of, you can even sort of hang it up on the ceiling in front of the window so it blows out and then open the door from the upstairs and that'll cause like a draft where the air will kind of wash through the basement and push out. That makes that whole painting process a lot more pleasant. Oh, I thank you for that tip. You're and welcome. I thank you for being there for us. I'm a long-time listener. Excellent. And I tell all my friends about you and I think they're all listening too. Keep up the good work, and God bless you both. You Thank too. you, Mary. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, spring means warmer weather, but it also means that the pests are back in full force. We're going to have some tips on how you can control those little buggers before they get out of control in your home after this. Hey, 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 money pit. 
This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Get all your spring and summer pest control questions answered at MoneyPit.com. Everything we've ever written about pest control is available. It's free and it's at your fingertips when you search pests at MoneyPit.com. That's right. And while you're online, you can post a question to our community section. And pests were clearly on the mind of Steve, who posted, The stink bugs that went away for the winter are now back. How do I get rid of them? Now, these are like terrible, gross bugs, Tom, right? That if you happen they to are. crush them, they just smell awful, they right? Smell, they smell terrible. But apparently, though, they can fly south for the winter. So I guess they're they're back now here in the Northeast. Oh. <laughs> and you know what the worst is if you look them up online? Because when I heard the question, I had never actually seen one. I'd heard, you know, the myth of the stink bugs. They're actually kind of pretty. And if you see something that's like orange with a colorful section in the center of like a band of black and white striping in the center, don't crush them. Try to kill them <laughs> intact if that's possible or just get them out of there. Well, that's right. And you can do all the same basic things that you do with any kind of pest control steps in your house of sealing up gaps and that sort of thing. But if you really need to get rid of them, you need to use a chemical. And you can't do it yourself. You have to have a pro do it. But cypermethrin, that's the type of chemical that will kill off the stink bug population and stop them from coming back. But other than that, just clean them up by vacuuming them. As Leslie said, do mm-hmm. not crush them because the odor will not be pleasant. Hence the name stink bug. Yeah. And I think if you happen to say crush them on like drywall or on the carpet, something that's more porous, the stink that's in them, and that certainly does suck. So that would be a this sucks month story. Um, So the stink bug, if you get like their oils or whatever it is that contains that odor, it could saturate into that surface if it's, you know, slightly permeable and you'll never get that funk out of your wall, carpet, whatever you happen to squish one on. So really just be super careful if you do have them and call somebody right away. All right. Next up, Eugene from New York posted, I had my house sided with vinyl siding. When the sun hits the siding or the temperature changes outside, I hear rippling and creaking sounds. Sounds. Hmm. It has woken me up at night because it's pretty loud. What wow. could be the cause of this, and is there any way to fix it? Do you think it's too tight? I know exactly what the cause is, and that's exactly right. It's put on too tight. Now, vinyl siding has a very, very large expansion and contraction rate. And that's why if you look at a piece of vinyl siding, it doesn't have nail holes in it. It has nail slots. Mm-hmm. And a pro installer is not supposed to take that last smack with the hammer and attach it to the house. They leave it loose so it can easily sort of slide back and forth. So the, no- the noise that you're hearing is probably because the siding's on too tight uh, and the fact that it looks wavy is further evidence of this because as it expands, of course, it has nowhere to go so it gets kind of wavy and buckly. So vinyl siding has those issues and uh, the the way to, to solve it is basically to take the siding off and rehang it. You, know, you can't sort of make it looser nail by nail mm-hmm. but I think this is just a bad installation and that's going to be the only way to permanently fix it. So really rehang it. You think the best step is to sort of get that guy back in and have them evaluate their work or get an inspector? Yeah, Yeah, but you know what? Who's going to evaluate their work and and say, oh, yeah, I really put it on wrong. I'll take it all off and replace it. But Uh. that's... That's what has to happen. If it's on too tight, it's on too tight. You can't make it looser any other way. All right. I hope that helps. You know, really, with vinyl setting, you do need to make sure the proper steps are taken. So ask the questions, get that pro back in there, and make them redo the work so that it looks good and it doesn't keep you and your neighbors up all night long. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Happy spring, everybody. Hope that you're going to get a lot done in your Money Pit this weekend. We certainly are. We're actually going to install some doors, Leslie. All right. I like that project. But uh, 
1886 house is ready for some new entryways, <laughs> and that is the Project Du Jour for the week. Thank you so much for spending the hour with us. We hope that you will get your projects done successfully with a bit of help from us. If you need to reach us 24-7, the number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Leave a message right there. We'll call you back the next time we produce the show and always online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 